we're not machines. No. Like, we're actually human beings that have all of these needs and these complex systems and you can't treat you can't treat if you treat yourself like a machine it's not going to work. That was Audrey Holst and you're listening to episode 33 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden. I'm a professional intuitive and energy healer. I help highly sensitive people dig into the shadows of their soul to access their gifts, reclaim their purpose, and get intimate with their ultimate truth. This is season two, and in it, we're exploring healers, specifically how they got here, how they do their healing magic, and the beliefs they have that guide them forward. We're also taking a peek at the specific practices they have in place to keep themselves healthy, Let's face it, being a badass in a sensitive body is no joke, and the healers I interview share their strategies for staying healthy while healing the world. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Hi everyone, and welcome back. It is Wednesday, October 31st, when I am recording this intro. So it is Halloween, or Samhain, or also known as the Eve of the Celtic New Year. And I'm not dressed up in anything other than head-to-toe fleece, if I'm being really honest. It was one of the days that I got to work from home today, and outside of teaching my uh, burgeoning uh, clairvoyance, I pretty much got to dress and look however I want, which is good because in personal news, I'm still having incredibly bad hair days. My um, trainer at the gym was laughing at me because I, I've just, I've got like the white girl, like thick hair fro happening right now. Ugh, I don't even know what to say about it, but don't blame my hairdresser because really it's just, you know, it's one of those awkward phases. And so I'm, I'm really working on finding cute headbands right now, but sorry, I got a little distracted. What I wanted to say about Halloween is that, or All Hallows Eve, or however you celebrate this holiday is to be, you know, I hope clearly you're listening to this in the future because this podcast doesn't come out until Monday. Um, but to be safe to those of you who are sensitive to notice the energies that you sense on this holiday, on this day where the veil between the worlds is thin. And if you do um, any sort of um, rituals to honor those that have passed on, make sure to call on only the well ancestors, only those who have been released, who have released their trauma, released all their pain. Um, so that we, you aren't spooked and haunted by traumatized ancestors, right? I learned that one from Darla, who, who uh, we're going to mention today several times. A couple things, though. In personal news, thank you for everybody who wrote to me uh, expressing their um, what they thought of the last podcast. I really, really appreciate that. That and your reviews and your support on Patreon demonstrates that you like what I'm doing, you want to see it continue. So that's really encouraging to me, Um, particularly when I kind of get on my little soapboxes and swing, you know, sling a lot of curse words. So I really appreciate uh, your feedback. It means a lot to me. 
I'm sorry, that was a really long pause because I'm looking at my notes and what I've written down are bowls are my happy place. That could be taken many different ways, but what I meant by writing that down, it took me a minute to remember, is that my singing bowls are my happy place. I'm still um, really enjoying the vibrational healing that um, happens when I'm working with sound, and I find that it just... um, it's a really nice compliment in addition to my intuitive healing practice. And I've had a few people come and receive the um, uh, combination intuitive reading, healing, and sound healing sessions that I offered through Patreon, um, and then a couple other a couple other friends that I had who were willing to be uh, kind of eager. Um, people to, to work on and have gotten good feedback. And I think I might be changing the time frame of those sessions. I might be um, increasing the time just so that we can get that work done and probably not raising the rates of those. So just increasing the time so that you get everything that you need uh, while you're with me. So yay for that. Oh, something happened this week, y'all, that I have to get a little soapboxy before I introduce our guest. So I was on my personal Facebook feed, which, you know, I really shouldn't Facebook very much because I just, you know, makes me feel kind of like a jaded person sometimes. But I saw a post by uh, someone who I who I knew from high school, and the the gist of her post was that she was talking about how energy is harnessed and directed. She wanted to talk really about the beauty of moving from right energy, what she was calling right energy, what some people might call a high vibration, or, you know, I would call it really being in, you know, your essence, really being in your truth. But the way that she said that I think was really dangerous, and and here's what I want to talk about. The statement that she started with in the post was, here I quote, universal truth, colon. It's the energy we apply to an action that matters, not the action itself. And then she went on in her example, and, and her you know example was talking about watching sports and how the athletes were using their energy. But that that is a spiritual principle that we we need to it's sorry she's wrong she, she's just wrong and I, I and and the reason um that I'm that I'm saying that with such confidence is that this principle when um used as a universal principle is incredibly damaging particularly when we apply it to marginalized groups of people so when we say that the energy behind something is more important um than our actions basically what we're saying is that doesn't matter what impact our actions have as long as we believed we had right energy behind it. This is really apparent um, in what's happening all around the country um, right now, but I see it a lot in spiritual communities where, um, oh, a coach or, um, you know, a life coach or, you know, some sort of coach will say, well, if if you just shifted your energy, then you would make more money. If you just shifted your energy, then things would work out for you. And while there may be a nugget of truth to that, what that 
principle, when removed from our humanity, does is strip away all of the context of our culture and of our social rules that actually impact our daily lives. We're not pure spirit. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are not being raised in an ashram, you're not being raised in a monastery, meaning that you're not sitting around all day just focused on the spirit. You may be doing spiritual work, awesome, but you also have to be uh, um, connected to your humanity. You have to interact with others who are not necessarily on the same path as you. You have to pay bills and... um, Uh, you know, deal with conflict, all of those things. And so when we take spiritual principles like that, that were designed by people who were not doing the kind, you're not living the kind of lifestyles that we're living, we, we do, we do them a great disservice, because they were not meant to be applied in a way in which it, in which we become disconnected from our humanity. And so the, the, the real danger, I think, here too, in a statement like that, that only the energy behind an action matters, the action doesn't matter, which is that no, the impact of your actions matter. And if we hold on, if we become attached to this idea that, well, my energy was fine, so I don't really see a problem, I don't need to change, you need to change, then we, we lose our ability to empathize. And really what we're doing is called spiritual bypassing, where we're we're attaching, we're really attaching our ego to a spiritual principle in order to feel superior and not have to deal with discomfort. An area that I've had personal experience um, with this is in confronting my own white fragility in communities of people with color and with biracial um, people as well, where I might have an idea or something that you know, that I have a, a really, really great energy behind. I, I really believe it's it's where I'm at. I really believe it's like, the, you know, the thing. Turns out it's actually really harmful or oppressive to that group of people. If I don't listen to those people, if I don't listen and change and adjust not only my words and my actions, but also my energy, then I'm not actually doing the work of a spiritual path. I'm faking it. I'm bypassing. So we need to be careful about, you know, when we see things phrased as universal truth, because universal truth, that's dogma, that has become dogma, right? And there are plenty of religions out there that practice dogma. And if you and if you like dogma, that's great. But when we're using principles of energy in dogmatic ways, it often becomes a way to... Um, Uh, to control, to have power, or to bypass. Switching gears now. Today, I have the immense pleasure of sharing a conversation that I had last week with Audrey Holst, who is the um, owner-operator in charge over at Fortitude and Flow. Now, I have been following Audrey's work on Instagram for a long while now and was really excited to ask her to have this conversation, not just on, I mean, I love all of the work she does, but she is starting to do some really cool things around burnout. And I have a personal interest in burnout because y'all, you know, know that I burnt out. 
And so she, she and I talk about, you know, what are the, the symptoms of, of burnout? We talk about what to do when you're burnt out and what are the secrets around, I mean, they're not really secrets, but, you know, what do we do when we're in burnout? And she's running these really cool burnout groups and her, her current group is running and it's closed right now, but there's going to be opportunities in the future um, where you can connect with her. And to all of my patrons, my Patreon supporters, you are receiving a, um, a guided uh, awareness meditation from her to help you take those first steps to knowing what's going on in your system and, you know, do you have, uh, you know, enough capacity. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and share this conversation that Audrey and I had. So I love this thing that you have on your website. Um, just on the homepage, you say that embodying the balanced holistic relationship between fortitude and flow puts right now at your fingertips. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, this is something that this concept of, of fortitude and flow is, is something that's basically at the heart of, of what I do. And, um, it's around a lot of the concepts of being so present to your experience and being so intentional about your awareness and where you put your focus, um, that you're always sitting in a seat of, um, power is not the word that I want to use, but, but power is kind of the concept that I want to, that I want to communicate where it's like when you're consciously choosing what you, what gets your energy and when you're consciously choosing um, what gets your attention, that puts you in a position to make decisions and to make choices, which then allows you to take action and to move forward or to not move forward on things. Um, so it really is this intentional um, awareness that creates both, right? Creates this, this solid seat in yourself as well as the ability to do things. Awesome. Hopefully that, yeah, hopefully that covers no, it for you. That makes a ton of sense, you know, and I actually like you when you use the word power there. I think about power a couple different ways. I think right now, you know, especially what's going on in our culture, we think about power as like power over something, sure. but yeah. there's also the power to like, and, and so what I hear you saying is like fortitude and flow gives you the power to do these things for yourself. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. So tell us a little bit more about the work that you do with Fortitude and Flow and how you help others kind of find those things for themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it starts with, uh, obviously, and on, on getting clear where, where people are. A lot of people that come to me are dealing with some, um, some amount of burnout or overwhelm or stress. And that, and that's a lot of like a sticking point for a lot of people. Um, so a, a lot of that is starting to um, help them find themselves in all of that, right? Because there is so much layer to overwhelm and burnout and stress that, that, um, it's easy to, to like lose yourself in it. It's like hard to discern what's you and like what's conditioning and what's people told me to do this thing. And like, um, 
I don't even know why I'm doing this thing. Like I just, I just do it every single day, right? This is just sort of like running like the hamster wheel kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's starting to get people to slow down. That's one of the things that's really important is taking time to slow down and get to the speed at which our body functions and that we can actually get tuned into what our body is actually saying about things, actually catch the information that our body is trying to tell us about things. And then, oh, okay, now I'm starting to notice what it's like, like what my inner reality is and like this thing that's sort of steering me every single day, but I didn't even know it was steering me. So a lot of that is just slowing down and getting in touch with, with the messages the body is constantly um, putting out. And it's just amazing because um, sometimes, you know, we, we think about change and we think about changing our lives or whatever. And we think about these big, like external things we have to do, but it is incredible. It happens over and over again, where I, somebody will come in and very often there are people who are so miserable in their jobs that they want to leave and they just can't take it anymore. And they start to dig into this inner stuff a little bit more and they start to, again, find their power in that. And they start to make, start making requests and start setting boundaries and start doing all of these things that all of a sudden they've completely shifted their experience in their work environment. And it's like the end of staying in the jobs. It's like, that's actually pretty good now. Now that I've done these little things, it's like, I'm actually feeling pretty good. So not to say that's everybody's journey, but um, it's just amazing when a lot of the times we start to clue into ourselves that we can actually start taking actions that we feel confident and, and solid in instead of being at the effect of everybody's insanity. Yes. No, I love that. You know, just yesterday I was working with this client and, and this is going to lead into what I want to talk to you about next in burnout. So she runs her own business and she was just super, um, happy and excited about what she was doing, but she was still working at a pace that was not appropriate for her body. Mm-hmm. And I could see in the, in the intuitive space that, that her spirit was made perfectly for her body, like perfectly for what her, for, for the pace of her body, you know, and if she were to just slow down, there would just be this magical clicking that would happen, you know, and everything would just shift. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing lately um, it's before when I thought about burnout, I thought about, oh, that's something that like happens to us when we are in environments which are not set up for us. Mm-hmm. But what I'm starting to realize is that can also happen when we are doing the things we love to do at still at the cultural conditioning of the rate at which we have to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many, um, so I've got this group going on right now on um, this finish your burnout group. And, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the group and, and it's a lot of people who are basically, they're becoming the boss that they hated at their old job. Like the reason they didn't want to work for a company anymore was because of the way they were treated and the pace at which their, you know, former bosses kept. And now they're realizing, oh my God, I'm becoming that person, right? Like I'm, I'm becoming my own worst boss and I'm the employee at the effect of this own worst boss. And which is like a whole other complication of, 
of tangle right there, right? When you're sort of now, it's like you've got two pieces of yourself that are sort of at a war with each other. And it's like, what is happening? This is not why I started doing this. Yeah, um, that's so much tension. So much tension. So let's let's break it down for our listeners. What is burnout? Ah, uh, so burnout. Burnout is one of those things. It's 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 becoming a bit of a buzzword right now. Um, and people are are Maybe. sort of. Like, Maybe because we're all burnt out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally, because we've all had some sort of experience with it, right? And, um, you know, burnout has, is sort of being defined by these, these three specific terms. Um, one of them being some sort of a, a level of exhaustion. Um, one of them being a, some sort of level of, of cynicism. And then, and the other one being um, a level of feeling like, like what we're doing doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't matter like how much effort I put in or like at the end of the day, it just isn't making a difference, right? It's just not making a difference. So it's, it's got some feeling of like purposelessness to it. Um, so everybody has some sort of symptoms, if you want to use that word, that kind of falls into those, those particular categories. Um, and other ways, uh, other studies done on burnout also talk about these two particular um, qualities that are that people look at to to see just to like rate the level at which people are in burnout and it's engagement, like how engaged they feel. And a lot of this is around workplace burnout, just because this is the most familiar thing or or what people most identify with, right? Is so there's the um, the energy they have, like how, how fulfilled they're feeling by the work. And, and this is the bigger indicator of whether people um, are, are burnt out, is their ability to disengage from work, right? Their ability to go home and not be doing work communication. Their ability to basically, I think about it as unvelcroing yourself from the work. I love that. I love like, that. You'll be like walking around all day and it's like stuck to you and you're like, oh, just like get it off me, right? It's physical. It actually feels like it's physically stuck to you all the time. So yeah. people's ability to disengage is actually a huge indicator of, of how well they're, how well they're going to feel. And people who are super engaged and feel like they can't not be doing the thing is it's usually not good. I experienced all of those things this year, like all of those things that you went through. I, yeah, I went through those phases where I was like, I am not that interested in what I'm doing. I don't think it's making a difference, even though everyone's telling me it's making a difference. Like there was just this part of me that was like, nothing I do is, you know, and I really, I had just created uh, a level of um, productivity and production uh, and us, you know, as entrepreneurs can get in this trap, right? I'd create a level of production for myself that was unsustainable. Totally. Right? F f cognitively knowing that nothing else in nature does that. You know, I cognitively was like, nothing else in nature does that. Like, you should sit down. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I'm at burnout. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, like one of the big messages we had our first call last night and I'm like, this is the hard truth I got to deliver is we're not machines. No. Like, we're actually human beings that have all of these needs and these complex systems. And you can't treat, you can't treat, if you treat yourself like a machine, it's not going to work because 
we're not, we're humans. And there, we're, there's a lot more to that than just making things happen. Yeah. Well, and it's so, it's so tricky though, because our culture glorifies that production and that productivity Mm -hmm. and that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at, oh gosh, I was, I can't remember which magazine it was in. It was this ridiculous article and how productive the sky was. And it took, took him through a day in his life. Of course, they didn't mention like what his wife and all of his, you know, paid help was doing behind the scenes, but, you know, it really glorified this lifestyle of how much he could get done in a day. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I find it, I mean, first of all, that's unsustainable for most humans, um, but it's really unsustainable for highly sensitive people. Definitely. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, right. That's the thing is, is when you start to, and like, that's the big importance of your work too, is like getting people to oh my gosh, like, this is my system. This is my body. This is my reality. And once you're able to see that, oh my gosh, now you can start to make some changes. Now you can start to make sense of your experience. I mean, it's so important. Yeah, it's so important. I'm curious what you see, you know, when when people start to work through the burnout stuff with you, through um, everything else um, in your program, and they start to slow down, find their fortitude um, as it is. You know, how, how long does it take for people? Because here's the thing that I experienced was once I burnt out, even, you know, even as I was starting to make those changes, it took a while for my system to kind of come back online and be like, yeah, okay, we want to be here. So I'm kind of curious, you know, if you can give our listeners an idea of like, okay, so, hey, we've burnt out. We're going to take these steps. What can we expect from our systems? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's, it's a little bit difficult to give timeline on because um, I think there are so many factors to consider. Um, I think one being, where are you in a, in a burnout continuum, right? Like, are you, there's people who will work themselves into, I've had people basically work themselves into like extreme sickness, right? So not, like pneumonia, like sickness. Yep. So if you're over here, right? Like there's, there's the physical healing that needs to happen. There's the rest, the immune system, right? So there's a whole layer of that going on before even getting to the, okay, like I'm going to do things differently. Um, if it's just sort of that continuum of, of just like, Oh, I'm moving that direction, but I'm not actually there yet. Um, you know, this is going to, this is, if I'm going to do some like rough estimate, if you're on like the lower end, I'm saying month minimum, like minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, this can be one of those things and, and not to say that you can't have some pretty immediate positive stuff happen, but in terms of like really getting into a flow and really feeling steady on your feet, um, it's going to take some time. It's take you some know, time. Yeah. And I just love that you say that because we are in such a culture that wants us to, you know, instant gratification that, you know, you do these f- the five steps to burnout and then blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and I, it's like, we've just got to stop with that. We've just got to stop with that because clearly it doesn't work that way. Clearly things don't work that way. So <laughs> I, I like that we're getting real about like, hey, you're looking at at least a month, you know, totally. maybe, 
maybe more than that, maybe several months. Yeah. So prepare yourself. You're an adult, like, you know, you'll be okay. And like, think yeah. about in the grand scheme of things, like, wow, that's kind of incredible. If it only takes me a few months to like untangle this thing that's been keeping me miserable for like several years now. Right. That's pretty amazing. Like, that's pretty amazing. So when I think about a couple of months, I think, oh, I can, that, I can totally take that on. Like yeah. when I think about movement practices and how long it takes me sometimes to like find a new muscle, I'm like, I'm expecting a couple months for me to be able to really activate that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that so many of us are like, oh, you know, I don't know, like a week. (laughs) Oh, sorry, people. (laughs) Sorry. Might not have been the answer you were looking for there. (laughs) So it sounds like, you know, working out of burnout has to do with embodiment practices, basically. And you talk a lot on your website about both embodiment and then also feelings, naming and expressing feelings. So take that where you want to take it (laughs) in regards to burnout. (laughs) Yeah. um, Embodiment and feelings. So for me, um, And I, and I suppose everybody, people may use these terms differently, maybe than the way that I perceive them. So it's very possible that, that we're, we're looking at the same words and interpreting them slightly differently. So mm-hmm. um, for me, feelings are very much embodied. Um, and I think this, this, I think, is maybe one of the most brilliant aha moments that I've ever had in my life when I finally realized that because feelings are embodied, that's why certain things were such a struggle for me. Um, I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm just so fill in the blank, right? I'm just too sensitive. I'm just too, you know, this. I'm like, I got to change my mindset. So I used to do a lot of work around mindset and changing my mind and just like, you know, just really, you got to just be positive, you know? Oh, and I, if you could see, I'm like, I'm making like, I'm just so tapped out of that mindset stuff. I just roll same. my mind at it. Yeah. Same. Uh-huh. Same. And, um, so I started, um, keying in on the fact that feelings are embodied And I started feeling like, oh, wait, I noticed. And a lot of this was because I was actually disconnected from my physical experience. I, 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 you know, I practiced yoga. I did all these things. I thought I was a really aware person, but I wasn't actually tapped into the physicality of feeling things. Um, I, I so understand that. I did yoga for years and it was about the form. It was about like how to put my body into form. It wasn't about feeling. Yeah. Anything. So yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And um, so realizing, oh my gosh, this, this, there's a sensation in my chest and it's super active and it's really, it's like, it almost feels, it's like electricity. It's so charged and I'm feeling it all the time. Oh my God, is that anxiety? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. 
And it's like, I was finally introduced to my own anxiety when I started to realize, whoa, this feeling is actually with me all the time. And it actually, it was such a huge discovery for me. I'm like, wow, I'm actually scared like 90% of the day. Like I actually am physically scared. Like I have this feeling of fear in my body. And then I started to notice like, you know, the sort of connections between perception and my thought, how I was thinking about a thing and like how my body was responding to it or back and forth, how my body was. And then the thinking that would come from the baseline of where my body was. And it was like, everything changed after that. I just, I was like, okay, right. Um, I'm having this sensation. I could feel it sitting with me and I've got some stuff to do today. So I'm just going to say like, Hey, listen, anxiety, you're coming with, here we go. Like, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to like be a team today and it's not going to be the most pleasant thing, but if I have a deadline on something and I have something that I need to do, then I, I need to do it. So, um, again, working with my reality, which is not necessarily possible for everybody all the time, right? It's not right. like I'm encouraging people, because again, that's like burnout, right? Like, okay, I feel like shit, and we're just gonna pound yep. myself into the ground. But, yeah. um, but again, like making some choices, having the awareness, and then deciding, now what? Do we take a break? Do we step back? Do we need some space? Or can we move forward? Well, and what could create even more burnout is, is putting on a different persona, trying to shove the anxiety down and yes. put on the persona. Uh, and that's what I see a lot of people, you know, being conditioned to do. It's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm happy. See, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. And that takes so much energy. This is the thing. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is a thing that I've been really, um, really curious about lately and really putting a lot of, um, curiosity towards and, and a lot of just contemplation towards and it's like this whole shoving something down deeper into our system right it, whether it's like I've had you know I've had clients apologize to me for crying on the phone I was like do not ever apologize for, please we like emotions here like yeah. you want to get angry cool you want to rage cool you want to cry cool like but let me just do not like I want all of you here I need all of you here yeah um but like, you know, anytime we shove something deeper into our system, it, it's, it never seems to never work out well. You know, like I, I've never really found the experience that actually has a positive effect. So it's like having these practices that either move something through the system, right? Like take it out and put it on a table somewhere. Like let's take it out. Or like, let's transmute it, let's transform it, let's make it different, or like, let's be with it, right? Like, but let's, you can't ignore it and you can't shove it. Like, whatever you're trying to do with it, if you're trying to ignore it or shove it somewhere, ain't gonna work. Right, and we know, I mean, I think that what turned me on to this, um, this, this understanding that feelings or emotions were in the body was the work of Candace Pert. Are you familiar with Candace Pert? I'm not, but I'm writing it down right now. You, yeah, so I, so she... Um, she was the neuroscientist who found the, that, that emotions change the molecular structure of our cells and lodge themselves in our body. Yeah, I love it. Right? Yeah. Love it. So, um, you know, she wrote a book called The Molecules of Emotion um, that's about that. And then I love the work of Miriam Greenspan, um, her work in uh, Healing Through the Dark Emotions. She, she pulls on a lot of Candace Pert's work. And so what, I mean, what, 
you know, we, you, it sounds like both you and I know this from experience and, and I see this in my psychic readings all the time, but we know biologically what happens when we shove an emotion down is it changes cellular structure of our body um, and, and usually creates some sort of dis-ease, discomfort, um, constriction, something goes awry. Uh, you know, and, and if we wanted to get really weird for a minute, um, uh, maybe I shouldn't say weird. If we wanted to get woo for a minute, you know, are you familiar with Darla Antoine's ancestral love her, love her, right? don't we love yeah. her? Don't we love oh, her? Oh, she, please, everybody go find Darla right now and just follow everything she does. Yeah, and I know. Seriously, seriously, I cannot love her more. I know. So something that she just said in one of her, I think her newsletter that came like today, right? So we're talking about shoving emotions down. And what she was talking about is when about ancestral um, pain and trauma that gets passed on to the next generation. Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Yes. Um, so what she was talking about is like, if we have an emotional pattern or even an addictive pattern, and then we pass away that, that trauma and those patterns may not move on with the soul. They may in fact attach themselves to somebody on the lineage further down the lineage who maybe doesn't have great boundaries up, doesn't know, you know, how to work with their spiritual mechanics yet and attach themselves somewhere further on down the generations. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah. Shoving down emotions is not good. Let's talk about the book you just showed me because people aren't watching, but we have so much going on here. Like, I know. I was going to say, there's just like so much. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so it's this book called It Didn't Start With You, uh, How Inherited Family Trauma Shapes Who We Are and How to End the Cycle by Mark Wallen. Oh, Highly I've recommended. I really want to read that. So you haven't read it? No, because I should. am a toddler, so I don't <laughs> maybe like audio maybe like audiobook or something maybe maybe that's that's the route to go but yeah highly highly recommended highly recommended tell us a little bit about it so um a lot of it is just it, it's sort of like following the thread so i imagine it, it it works in parallel um the concepts work in parallel to exactly what you were talking about with with darla's work and and talking about these sort of patternings through lineages that we are not even aware of. Um, you know, we can even talk about epigenetics, right? How things physically change throughout the, the generations based on, on experiences, um, which I think is another important thing to understand because um, it's so, uh, I'll just go off on another little tiny rant right now. Um, go for it. The concept that, um, you know, we're a hundred percent responsible for like everything that, you know, happens to us in some way, shape or form that now I'm, I'm going to try to like be, be gentle with this. Cause it, I think what I'm saying could be a little bit tricky, but right. There are so many, there are things in our lineages. There are things in history. There are things that have happened to us that we, you know, that we are dealing with. Right. And, and, how we are makes sense with the context of what's happened to us, with the context of what's happened in our families, with the context of um, suffering and right? any of these things that have happened in our minds, in our lives, in our bodies, um, it makes sense. So I think it's really important for us all to, especially when we're struggling, 
to start with a huge friggin' dose of self-compassion yeah. because it is hard. Some It's hard. This stuff yeah. is hard. And, and to start to untangle and to start to make changes and to start to see all these things, um, you know, you can't do it without just, I mean, you got to fall in love with yourself on a really deep level and, and like go from there. And, and that's, I think that's like a, that's a big ask. I mean, even for myself to say that, but it, it seems so much more accurate to what's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, something you were saying, like, you know, the things that, the things that happen, you know, in our lives aren't necessarily our fault, right? You know, things in our lineage, they're not our fault, but if we want to heal, they're our responsibility. They're our responsibility to heal from. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, I mean, the self-compassion and permission, like permission oh. to be in the mess, permission, you know, like you're saying, okay, anxiety, you're coming with me today. I give myself permission to have the experience that I'm having, to have everything that is with me today be present here. I just want to hand out like permission slips to like everybody, like give yourself permission. Like that's another thing we, we talk about is experimental mindset, right? Yeah. Like this is an experiment. Let's see. Yeah. Let's try it out. Yeah. I talk know. about, yeah. I talk about kindergarten vibration all the time. It's like, oh. let yourself be a beginner. There's no mistakes. We're just going to like do some watercolor. You know, we're just going to do some finger painting here. We're going to like try it on. If you don't like it, we're going to try again tomorrow. You know, if you can really let yourself be in that space, there's so much permission in that space. Yeah. Oh, I love that kindergarten. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I tell all my, you know, all the people in, in my school that are like learning to do clairvoyant readings, like, hey, we're in kindergarten, like, let's find our amusement. I'll tell some people, you know, like, just, it's so much easier um, to be with what is when we have permission, right? When we have a little bit of amusement. 100%, 100%. Yeah. So going back to, you know, not shoving down our emotions, let's talk about what actually needs to happen with emotions. You talked about a minute ago, um, letting emotions flow or sitting them on the table, um, which I think are brilliant. Um, in this, in this book with Miriam Greenspan, she says that, you know, the root of all emotions is just energy that wants to move. Like it's just yep. energy. Yep. It wants to move. Yep. And it's inherently neutral. We just experience it kind of in dense form. Mm-hmm differently. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if you, if you would be able to share with us some of the ways that you help people to get their stuff to move. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. And I, and the cool thing about this is that there are so many options yes. that are available and it's, and it's like custom made, you know, like you get to custom make your form of energy movement or however you want to form, you know, however you want to frame that, um, you know, you can do it if you're the sort of person who wants to sort of be with it and feel with it and breathe, you know, you can do it in a meditation. You can sit and you can breathe and you can move and you can feel right. And, and as you observe and as you're with, and as you're aware, things start to move. Like that's a cool way to do it. If you got some stuff, you got to work out, put some music on, dance it out, right? Yeah. Like do some moving around, get some stuff going. Mm -hmm. Um, go for a walk, get out in nature, go touch some dirt, go touch some trees, go like, you know, engage with the world out there. It's a great way to do it. Um, I'm very kinesthetic. So everything involves, you know, some sort of <laughs> something, other, but like, 
write it out, right? Like if you're one of those people, you got a journal that you're just like, boom, like get those words out, get those words out, get those words out, get those words out, write it out. Verbal processor, go talk to somebody, have a conversation, express how you're feeling, express why you're scared to even talk about how you're feeling, right? Like there are so many ways. If you love to knit and knitting is like you're sitting in, you know, sitting in the holy place, go friggin' knit something. You know, oh, yeah. yeah I just, I, oh, I wish you, be, I wish everybody could see that. It's like this gorgeous purple. Oh my gosh. I just pulled out my, the, the blanket that I've knit for my office. Cause yeah, the, I do that. I get in those places where I just, I just have to weave my emotion into something. Oh, love yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah, I personally love, I mean, I love to knit. I love to take my emotions for a walk. Like, yeah. hey, let's go for a walk and chat yeah. it out. I talk to it. I love to sing too. Mm. But it's not like, it's not like art, right? It's like sound. It's, you know, the emotion has a sound and I really love sound. And so I do this when nobody's home because I get little self-conscious when someone's home, but sometimes I'll, you know, wail and scream and, um, you know, just let it out that way. Yeah. Pillow screaming. Another one, right. If you've got neighbors and you like, can't go totally crazy screaming into pillows is a cool one, you know, like hitting pillows with things, you know, like also, right. Expression is expression and it, and whatever it is, whatever calls you to, to express, which is a practice in and of itself. I'll be fully yes. transparent that this is something that has taken me a long time to get. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you, if anyone is listening is in the Seattle area, there is a, there is a business called Rage Industries Stop and they're it. on Lake City Way and you can go and pay them to let you break stuff. Like they will give you toilets and sledgehammers and like coveralls. Like, I'm not kidding. They'll play music. You can have, you can have parties there oh where like God, people watch it. you from a room and they can have snacks and like you get to go and like break your stuff. And then like you take turns, like it's, pretty badass my membership group went there and did breaking things that's incredible i love that we need more of those right we need more of those places but yeah i think i think that you really hit on something that expression uh because we're you know we're, we're just taught to to shut it off you know any emotion that's not appropriate for the social context you know shut it off and and that really i think works to our detriment again something that darla said in her newsletter and i love this i've been reading a lot of celtic stories and a lot of celtic myths um and something that they talk about kind of in the old pagan ways is how the the wailing and the you know the grief the expressed grief at funeral actually helps the spirit pass on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um we don't really do that anymore and darla talks about that in in her newsletter too yeah yeah and a lot of it is um i I think there's there's a lot of you know a lot of us are you know we're taught things a certain way um and that's you know so we sort of fall into line that way we're taught things a certain way um and I, i think that also we we don't have a lot of good modeling around what it is to express emotion without directly spewing it onto another person or blaming another person, right? Like we don't have a lot of experience of, um, I, I've had the, the good fortune to be involved with a lot of people with these practices like circling or just very people who are very um, conscious of their language or nonviolent communication where people are able to express 
you know, if, if you're, it's a very different experience to be in the presence of somebody who is being honest and expressing a strong emotion, but is completely taking ownership of that without like basically projecting it onto you and, and you becoming an issue, right? So it's, it's the way we use language. It's the way we frame our emotions. Um, there's just there's so many things that we're taught, not taught or taught really poorly that it, it takes some time to sort of unlearn these things and, and find better ways to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I so agree with that. I'm just thinking back to an experience that I had recently where I was like, you just like, you can't talk to me that way. Mm -hmm. Like that is just not okay. You're, you're putting this emotion on me. You're putting this anger on me. And like, and when you do that, you can't hear me. I can't hear you. You know, it, it's not an appropriate space. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It's, it's difficult to find that modeling. Something that I've been, um, that I've been starting to do recently. So similar to what you said about, you know, it's always okay to cry, you know, in your groups. When people cry in my office, I'm like, please cry. This is the place where we love, I love crying here. Like, please cry. Lots of tissues. I have my eyes closed. It doesn't matter. Like you cry, you know? Um, and then the other place where I just really love this is in the sound healings that I do. So I do sound healings. And oftentimes I ask people to start toning and if there is a sound like an emotional sound that comes out not only do, do I you know encourage and this takes some time usually not the first time someone comes in to you know I encourage them to make that sound and then I make it with you mm. and so if you're wailing you know I I kind of match that with you just to kind of validate that sound that's moving mm. and and things just move so incredibly quickly I have chills as you're talking about that. Like I can just imagine the power in that sort of vibration and the sound and, oh, that sounds amazing. It's something, it's so, I, I just think it's something, you know, like we're talking about that we need so much more of so that we can move these energies through our spaces. Because when we move, you know, like you're talking about with the burnout, when we move these emotions through our space and we're able to really show up as us, we get more and the world gets more. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's so much less energy to, to show up as yourself in the world than it is to put the energy into covering up or pushing down or, or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's having bravery or having courage around these things is a very different kind of energy than, um, you know, like having the courage or the bravery to just be in a solid stance is a different type of energy than it is to be actively suppressing, you know, yourself. Yeah. Takes so much less energy. Oh my yeah. God. Mm -hmm. You know, something I would really like you to speak to, <clears throat> something that kind of came up for me when I was experiencing burnout and that I see um, in some of my clients as well is when we have been acting um, from a place of, of high productivity, especially as entrepreneurs, I think we start to develop a belief that, well, if I slow down, I won't make it in this world. Or if I slow down, I won't, um, yeah, like I won't be seen or I won't make it or everything will fall apart. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you can address that question from, you know, from the, the, the seat of your work. Yeah. 
So the thing, and this has been a theme that's been coming up for, for me and my own, you know, my own business, my own life. Um, and it, and it seems to be thematic with people I've been talking with too, is, um, think that right there's a certain amount of we're talking about speed this kind of references that speed thing again that speed and that fastness and then this this slowness and you know i think there's a couple of couple is not the right word there are many ways to do business and to do business successfully and um i think one of the models is a really fast model a lot of people and very transactional Right. So it, it like it turns through people. And I think another model is um, and, and this is the model that I it, it's taken me a while to like let go of that fast speed, like fast touch sort of model and actually nurturing relationships with people on a regular basis, um, which is deeper, which is more satisfying, which is slower and which ultimately for me, I've found is way more effective and way more um, at the speed of how I am yeah. and business wise is a way better fit for me. And I've found a lot more traction in that particular space. So, um, you know, when we see people doing things that we consider to be the path to success, um, we also have to check in with ourselves. Is that process a process that I want to be involved in essentially? right? If I have to embody this process on a daily basis, is that a good fit for me? For some people, yeah, they run at that high speed and they're like, boom, right? Other people, it's not their speed. So it's figuring out what your sustainable model is, right? Like I like the word sustainable. You used it a couple of times and I totally agree. It has to be sustainable, right? We can go for bursts at a time, but if we expect those bursts to be our baseline, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much that I could say there. Yeah, I I was at an event, I don't know, a few weeks ago now, and um, it was just, it was such the wrong fit for me. And it was kind of a gift to be able to go because I was like, oh, just what you said, like I was kind of trying it on. I was like, oh, this is just not at a place that I could hold. I, I, I wouldn't be able to hold this for, you know, for very long. So it's, it's nice to be able to have that sensory based practice. Like that's actually the practice that I come to when I start to look at, you know, developing a new program or, you know, looking at my year ahead is I actually try things on in my body. Yeah. Through time. That sounds yeah. a little bit like through time. I'm like, okay, how does this feel now in January? And then also in February and, you know, to the best of my abilities, yes. how is this going to feel? I am just so excited for our conversation because there are so many things that I resonate with. And this is what I do with like, um, you know, I still, this is, a lot of these things are still practices for me that I have to be like consciously doing, but you know, like my calendar, right? It's easy to fill blank spaces on a calendar. But if I'm in, so my ideal situation, and like I said, I'm not always successful because this is my practice. Yeah. Is if I can, you know, look at my week and go day by day, okay, like let me go through my schedule in my system. Like, okay, this is what happens in the morning. This is what happens. So, whoa, okay. So, Wednesday is a lot. Um, a, can I make any adjustments there? 
B, if this is going to be a lot, where can I take some stuff off my plate the next day so I have a little bit of adjustability? And, you know, obviously I have a lot of, I have a lot of privilege in that I do have some flexibility around these things. I realize this is not the reality for a lot of people. Right. Um, but just having this awareness allows me to possibly, right, make some different decisions or make some adjustments if I can. But I, that, yeah, I totally resonate with that is like, literally like putting myself into the week or putting myself into the day and seeing what the reality of, of that is for me. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff, I've just learned the hard way. You know, I've just learned the hard way. Like for me, I know that when I go on any sort of vacation or retreat, I have to take an extra day off. Same. I'll take two. If I can take two, that's ideal. Yeah. Uh, Or otherwise I pay for it later. I get sick or, you know, or, or I get like a, like a sympathetic overdrive, right? I get a little bit, um, like minor burnout. It's like, and again, I recognize I'm privileged, um, to be able to, to be able to do that. And it just, it, um, it helps my well being so much when I am able to do that. Totally. Yeah. I feel like there's so much we could talk about. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like, man, we've got a lot. There's just a lot here. Um, I'm like so lot. excited about how much, how much is here that I did, wasn't even aware of before, which is making me really excited. Yeah. So let's, um, let's wrap up. So you have a gift for our, uh, for my patrons. So do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit what that is about? Yeah. So um, this is the foundational practice that I teach everybody, every client, um, workshop participant, you know, group class that I do. It's like, if nobody ever learns anything from me ever, if they learn one thing and they have this one particular tool that they can take with them is this practice of noticing. And this practice of noticing is just tuning into what your current reality is. And there's layers to this reality, right? You have an external reality that you're sitting in. You have the reality of what it's like to be physically in the space you're in. And then you have the reality of what it is to be in your body and what is going on in your inner world. Um, Whether that's thoughts, we talked about those physical sensations, all these sort of things. Um, And again, like I was talking about, I had no idea what was going on in my reality. And I was just reacting and and responding in a way that didn't actually take into consideration what my reality was. So this noticing practice is something just allows us to be present, right? This is another buzzword, like being present. What the hell does that even mean, right? Noticing what's happening right now. And noticing without attaching meaning to it, without having to change it, without having the intention to make it different than it is right? Just the act of putting your attention on something and acknowledging its existence, sometimes that creates a shift just to have it. So I've created a little audio recording. It's about eight or nine minutes long, and it takes, um, it steps people through this external noticing to an internal noticing and back out again. Um, And once you learn this, you don't need a recording. You can always use the recording, right? Save it if you like to, great. But you can do this in your office, you can do it in your house, you can do it while you're on a walk, right? This is just a practice. It's like, I think the best metaphor I can use, it's like if you've walked into a room every single day of your entire life, 
and you've never turned the light on and you just walk into the same fucking furniture every single time or you like are feeling your way around this is just simply switching on the light switch so you're like oh oh okay there's a chair over there oh my gosh there's like 15 chairs in here today like okay so it, there's like not a lot of room to move in here okay great good to know right so that's the practice and i hope I hope, I hope everybody finds it helpful. I, I, I personally love it and I find it helpful, but you know, I'd love for people just to practice it and see how it goes. Awesome. That's great. And that'll be available to patrons at the $2 or above uh, level. And otherwise you can work with Audrey and where can we find you? Yeah. So my website, my website is <laughs> fortitudeandflow.com. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. So that's where I like to play most. Um, again, this goes with my theme of not too much information and you know, like keeping things really focused. I, I just find that platform a lot easier to communicate with people and, and to be focused. So my handle on there is at fortitude and flow. Um, I do have some stuff on Facebook, but I try not to spend too much time there. I find it kind of crazy. Um, and those are really the two, two main ways to connect with me right now. You add so much value to Instagram. Like you add so you. much value. You ever, you should all follow you on, on Instagram. It's amazing. Um, yes, so much. And I'll put all of those links um, in the show notes. So what is the, what is the one thing you'd like listeners to take away from today? Or what was the one thing you'd like them to know? The one thing I want people to know is, um, Any, any opportunity you have to make sense of yourself, um, do that, right? Like give yourself the benefit of the doubt, give yourself the benefit of, okay, there's this thing that's happening right now that I'm not quite sure of, but there's something here that makes sense, right? Um, instead of taking the, well, there's gotta be something wrong with me because it seems like everybody else seems to be doing this other thing. Um, if you can start to tap into your own unique, incredible reality and um, what it is about you that makes sense and how to tune into that more deeply so that you can live in a way that makes sense for you all the time and, and makes you feel empowered and powerful in you, um, do that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been amazing. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Audrey. One more little thing from me. I forgot to mention in the intro, I wanted to let you know that my spiritual hygiene course, which has in the past been called sensitive self-defense is happening the one session is happening on January 13th in the Seattle area this is a course for basic energy management or spiritual hygiene you learn the basics of grounding your energy separating from energy that's not yours being in fluidity in authority of your space and putting up bomber boundaries if you're interested I'll make sure that there is a link in the show notes and I will also be creating an online offering for this that will be in January. So keep your ears out and your eyes peeled. That will be coming up soon. Thanks again for listening to the Soul of Sensitivity. Show notes and links from today's episode can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com. 
If you would like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition, sign up for my mailing list, book an intuitive reading with me, or learn more about my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, please visit my website. Again, it's www.sensitivityuncensored.com.